0: waiver wire madness is done and the chicago bears 53 man roster is set for now nick whalen and i dive through everything about this bears roster what it means for the future where they could be looking to add and much much more on this episode of bear with us What's going on everybody? My name is Robert Schmitz. I'm the editor-in-chief of Dub Bears Blog and I'm here with Nick Whalen of Football Guys and we are ready to talk about the Chicago Bears 53-man roster. Nick, how you doing tonight?
1: Uh, good man. I mean, I don't know if you can notice the video. I got some new Bears gear here. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, fields uh, in a, it's a goat in a jersey with a Bears jersey number one if people are just listening to this. I got a few things You could say I'm excited for this year when I'm getting more gear. I don't know about you, Robert. Do you get a lot of gear?
0: I had to stop getting gear because the last piece of gear that I had was a Jay Cutler jersey. And I would wear it because I I rode with Cutler so much when I was younger that it was like as much as Stockholm Syndrome. But like that was my bond to the Bears Mm -hmm. was wearing this jersey. And every time I put it on, they lost. And so, like, I don't draft bears in fantasy. I don't wear bears gear when I can av- afford it because I assume I am something of a curse for the team. And so wow. I'm going to do everything I can to help the team wow. win. But that's just my way of handling it.
1: I, I well, so I'm the opposite. So, I mean, people that don't know me, you know, because if you follow me on Twitter, you know that's already. I named uh, a, a puppy that I got the day after they drafted Fields Fields. <laughs> my license plate says Fields 1. Uh, so you know, it's I'm I'm all in, but I didn't do this with Grossman, with Cutler, with K. McNaught. I'm a little older than you, Schmidt. Like just going on right. back, I haven't done this with the other quarterbacks, or or um, man, I'm just forgetting Trubisky. I didn't even name him. I'm sorry. Like I liked them, I could understand the moves, but I'm all in on field. So between our two, how we handle our gear, I think it's going to be good this year. Oh, I think it's going to be
0: great, and speaking of great and quarterbacks, nothing was more fun on the Bears 53-man roster, just kicking it off at the top, than seeing Tyson Bajant make the roster as the pure QB2. What I can tell about this Bears roster, at least as I look at it, is that this roster is set for now. Yes, there's talent across it, but it's also set for the future. The Bears said, why would we waste a roster spot on somebody who's going to be marginally better than Tyson Bajan? Yes, more experienced, but maybe not as quick to the ball, maybe not as athletically gifted because Tyson can move quite a bit Uh, and all these other semantic properties that come with years in the NFL and professional football they said "Eh, that's valuable but it's not as valuable as having that extra roster spot they promoted Baygent straight away and I can only imagine he is thrilled to have immediately made his first NFL team
1: oh 100% and I mean we talked about this on a previous podcast I'm not completely sure that Peterman or Walker playing above Baygent helps you win anymore right, right now anyway the the quarterback room which we talked about could be different based on experience I get that part um they're trying to bring in Peterman back to the practice squad that hasn't happened yet which tells you Peterman maybe he's getting a little bit of you know I don't know calls some hype from some other teams but Bajent, uh I, on the score, 670 score. I heard them the Chicago radio station, they called it the BayJancy as like a you know, like a little hype thing. <laughs> um, I think it's in full gear because the kid can play. And one of the cool stories um that uh Ryan Cunningham and Ian Ian, I'm sorry, Ryan Pace and Ian Cunningham uh talked about was a lot of praise of Bajent. But Cunningham was there when Bajent was coming out of the tunnel uh with, for the Titans preseason game. And he was blown away by how calm and collected Bajit was. Like it was just another game, like, like the confidence that he had. And then Bajit in the interview today, the press conference, he said, you know, I think part of it is I've just started a lot of games and it's still 11 on 11 and I've just had a lot of football playing experience. This is just another game. Yeah, it's the NFL. They're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. But I've, I've just played a lot of football, which we've talked about. Having so many passes, so many starts, so many touchdowns thrown is a little bit different. That That's the Brock Purdy versus the, the Trey Lance. So, right. yeah, I'm all in. I'm pumped because not only do we have a good backup quarterback, we have a young, cheap backup quarterback that's on this kind of a trajectory going up.
0: I can't wait to see it. I mean, he's going to be so much fun to just watch progress throughout his career, and we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, both of us hope to never see him play a single down other than kneel downs every single weekend as the Bears close games out. But assuming assuming that he does play some, because Fields has gotten injured in both of his last two seasons, it'll be fun to see what the Bears draw up for him, and they'll do it with Pretty much exactly the running backs, the tight ends, and the receivers that I think everybody expected, or at least they did until Trent Taylor got added just a few days ago. Deontay Foreman, with that quarterback three not existing on the roster, absolutely stayed on, had quite a solid preseason game three. Look, I know that's not what the coaches needed, but me, I definitely wanted to see Deontay Foreman do something in the preseason just to back up all of what I kept hearing about at camp. But what do you think? Because I know there's a lot of chatter about it on Twitter right now, about Velas being on the roster and also a punt return specialist on the roster.
1: Well, that's the part I'm kind of looking at because, I mean, you know, I have, I have the roster over here. I mean, you just look at the, the numbers and the numbers don't make sense to me from a lot of things. So if we just stay with running backs and with receivers, yeah, you were unsure on Foreman. I, I, he was a guy I really wanted, so I'm glad that they have him. You know, right there. When you keep four running backs and a fullback, versus you look at other teams like Detroit, they only had two running backs prior to claiming a guy today. That tells me Chicago is going to be running the ball a lot. A lot. You know, like like you have the players there for a reason. And but what does seven receivers mean? Seven receivers? Does that mean that? And they actually said in the press conference today that Bayless still could win the punt job, but they're just trying to boost his confidence and have Taylor there for now. But seven receivers. Doesn't make a lot of sense. And then the other thing that really bugs me, really bugs me, offensive line. You trade for Dan Feeney, which I'm sure we'll get into, but just in general, you trade for him. You add him to this group. They had three offensive tackles on the team and they had seven interior offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And they and Jenkins went in short term IR. So now it's six. The the ratio just doesn't seem right to me, Robert.
0: Where we have to get there. Like we got to stick with the skill positions because I think the Valus conversation is interesting enough because no, right. oh, offensive line is super weird and we need to talk about that. Yeah, I can't help but think that Valus on the roster right now is a great example of a fan base. And I love you guys. I love Bears fans uh, focusing too much on a very minor role. I think punt returner absolutely matters. It matters a lot more than kick return because kick return, for the most part, you could literally not have one. And if the kickers kicked it normally, the ball would just fly into the end zone nearly every down and you'd take your touchbacks. Or I would just sit in the end zone and be live. You need somebody back there to go like pick it up and kneel down. But we're getting past the point. With punts, you do need somebody to fair catch the ball, and tracking the ball in the air is never easy. All I keep hearing about is how punts wobble, and especially against play or in teams like Dallas, punt returners have to do quite a bit of work navigating the lights of the stadium and whatever's going on that day because the ball hangs up in the air for an awfully long time. But I mean, Nick, if maybe I'm crazy. But this is an offense that wants to pack things in, play condensed sets, block a lot, run a lot of sweeps. Valus makes a lot more sense on offense than I think people are giving him credit for, especially given his little run late in the year. And no, he's not going to be the Bears punt returner. He has played plenty of other special teams, hit quite a couple of very physical blocks in the preseason. I mean, I'm not trying to stand too hard for Valus Jones, but I feel like, we're letting a couple muffed punts and a bad drop in Dallas mm-hmm. really poison our opinion of somebody that I know the Chiefs and other teams around the NFL have been using guys like forever. Their names are Cordero Patterson, LaVisca Le- Chenault, and to an extent,
1: uh, Kadarius Tony. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I mean, we could even, and again, I don't want to poo-poo a new player of the Bears this guy, but Trent Taylor muffed a punt in a playoff game last year, and he's no longer with the Bengals. So I hope that doesn't happen in Chicago. But that does resonate and stick in fans' minds. Yeah, a little too much. Because when Bayless has the ball in his hands, he's a playmaker. I don't think having too many playmakers is ever a bad thing. We saw Tyler Scott be a playmaker. We wanted him to go outside on that kick return, right? But with kick returns as well, they're doing a lot more of that sky kickoff mm-hmm. and trying to get that to stop before the goal line right. to try and get the coverage teams down there and try not to give up field position to the 25 they want to get the 20 maybe right. the 15 and that might be another reason baked into this is that he's your best kick returner and you're going to have to return more because teams are going to do that That's but good point. yeah he's he's a playmaker right if someone goes down right he's a guy that knows the offense more than Trent Taylor more than Tyler Scott he's he has the deep connection with fields if he would catch both of them deep balls, we'd be a lot more excited about Bayless Jones right now.
0: I can't help but think that there's this vision people have when they look at a guy like Bayless Jones. They say, well, he's not the sixth best receiver on the team. I don't disagree. A guy like Darius Fountain, for instance, is probably a better true receiver than Bayless Jones is. The problem is a guy like Fountain is going to have a lot more trouble separating against a starting corner than somebody as fast and as dense as Valus Jones is. That's not me trying to stand up too hard for Valus Jones. It's kind of the same thing that we've seen forever as backup tackles dominate the third and fourth quarter of the preseason and the moment they play in a real game they get split in half or a backup edge rusher that looks like a maniac I'm looking at you Travis Gibson and then when he's the starting edge rusher that gets all the attention he completely disappears it's harder when you're playing against starters but playing against starters Nick is the only way you play in the NFL there's no there's no like Second string moment where like a bell rings and all the team second stringers run out, but the points still count, right? If you can't beat Tristan Wirfs, if you can't separate against Sauce Gardner, or at least the second corner on the Jets, if you can't beat Jamal Dean, you don't get to play. And mm-hmm. Valis Jones in very limited roles as a deep threat, as a smoke screener, as a blocker, Actually has a place on the offense. Whereas somebody like Fountain, when you put him in that setting, probably isn't going to separate, but he's also not going to block very well. And it's all going to cascade. Kind of like we saw with Riley Ridley way back in the
1: day. You know what I'm talking about? Well, and, and you also added those those jet sweeps with with Valus too or, or reverses or and all those little touch passes. And right, you could package plays with him. You know, the, and and I agree with you. And and also if you want a guy to take the top off the defense and you don't want to waste Mooney, Claypool, more doing it, you put Scott and Valus in there because they have the speed they threaten. It. And if you don't, and they divide the middle or they're on the outside and the safety has to respect it, you clear out everything out underneath. It all so keeping Valus brings up another debate here. Okay. Because right. Trent Taylor offers a little bit of slot value. He's not right. bad in terms of there, in terms of your fifth or sixth guy getting some action there. If they do get rid of a receiver, is Ooh. it? Equinemia St. Brown, or is it Bayless Jones next? <sighs> I I don't know if they would. I mean,
0: I really don't know if they would. Just because I look at Trent Taylor. I don't know if you're seeing what I'm seeing, but I always like using Bears comps, Nick, because I could mention somebody else on another team, but every Bears fan that's listening knows Bears players. Trent mm-hmm. Taylor looks to me like the next latest coming of Mark Mariani, but maybe not quite there either. Like he
1: is Dane Sonsenbacher.
0: Yeah, I mean. Honestly, that kind of works. Like Taylor doesn't strike me as this outrageous athlete. I don't see insane quick twitch. I don't see bursts of speed. I see somebody who knows how to track a punt in the air and can catch it relatively reliably. And that is Mm -hmm. literally. All he's there for. Simply the fact that he got claimed to me tells me with a pretty firm, firm brush, right, Nick, that he's going to be starting in week one. They're going to give Vailis the opportunity to win that job because they want their roster spot back too. If they can cut Trent Taylor, they would love to. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears, if there's anything Bears fans, Take comfort in that Ryan Poles and Hightower seem just as disturbed by Valus muffing that punt in week one as you are. They don't Mm -hmm. want that to happen either. And they aren't trying to give Valus more chances than they think he's earned, which is why they brought Taylor in. But I don't think they have some plan to fold Taylor into the offense
1: either. He's here to catch punts. You know what I'm saying? What? What if he's active on game day, he could, you know, get in there is all I mean. Maybe. Um, so, so two things. One point of clarification. He wasn't claimed off waivers. He You're signed. Right, he, was signed. After he was cut, which mm-hmm. means Taylor had the gamut of 31 other teams, and he chose Chicago, too. So there must have been some good um, chemistry back and forth, and some of that is he worked with Hightower with, when he was with the 49ers. Right. They both were there. So there's a three-year history there. The, one fun, the funniest part of the press conference today with Poles and, and Cunningham is Poles talked about – when the other team has to punt, being able to go, you know, grab a sandwich or a, or a drink and not worry about the punt return. And, you know, and we I all laughed. It. And that's a that's a little slight at Bayless. You know, I know he's just trying to be funny, but it's true. It because is. despite Taylor has muffed a few punts in his career, he's very reliable. He, he's had a lot of punt returns. He had the most punt return yardage total in the NFL last year. He had the most over- 20-yard punt returns in the NFL last year. I know he's had a lot more opportunities, but still, we won't get into the you know that part of it. He's reliable, and that that's part of it too. So yeah, I think that that's a whole part of this conversation. And I know Equinemia Saint Brown brings height and blocking to it. You know, it's just a, it's a, what the best part about all this is. It's a very well-rounded wide receiver room. You have guys with size guys with speed guys. that are really good route runners guys that, you know, we just talked about can catch punts guys that are good with the ball in their hands. They're playmakers. We've a lot going on. We do. And the main reason
0: I'm wondering if nobody gets cut is because you and I talked last week about how chances are the bears were going to have an extra, a sixth linebacker and they might find an 11th DB somewhere on account of special teams. But Mm -hmm. To me, Taylor looks like that teamer, as does Velas. Maybe all seven are active. Maybe one of them isn't. Who knows? But it sure looks as if they found that extra special teamer uh, mm-hmm. in Trent Taylor. I think it works for now because Tyler Scott, I love what he may be. He did not look ready yet in preseason no. week three. It's the preseason, but especially rookies, you expect them to bring the best of what they can offer when they play because they haven't proved anything yet. And they want to go show that they're worthy of that next role up in the offense. And I think Tyler looks like he's still having trouble getting off of press, especially at the NFL level. That's not going to be weird for a receiver of his size. And he looked like he had a mental error on what could have been a spear screen on that awkward play where Fields dropped back in the pocket and threw to nobody. And obviously, Obviously looked uncomfortable and it, it, got hit. Took a hit yeah exactly oh. it looks like Moore and Mooney lined up for a spear screen like a run to the flat screen yep. and he uh Scott didn't go and that's fine yep. that's fine it happens but yep. it means that receivers like Valis and EQ that have some experience actually hold maybe a little more value than mm-hmm. I think some Bears fans want to well. think well.
1: Well, and I think the other parallel here is, I think you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, that won the Super Bowl. Sky Moore, second round pick. Yes. Smaller school, just like Tyler Scott. Smaller, a little more speedier guy. I really like Sky Moore coming out. I still like his potential. But they put him as a punt returner. He's never done that before. And he muffed a few punts. He lost a little bit of confidence. I think it took away his wide receiver development. I think keeping Scott's positive Confidence and momentum going is a big part of this because we don't know what's going to happen next offseason with Claypool and Mooney being free agents.
0: No, we don't. And we'll have to see. But that's that's a pod for another time because we we need to talk about this um, bizarre situation going on in the offensive line room the bears trade a sixth round pick for dan feeney formerly of the new york jets everybody keeps talking about how he got traded from the dolphins and he did but his last nfl action was a jet so that's the film i got that's the film i watched baby and so i don't know if you see what i see nick but to me this seems like a move that states plainly that the Bears are worried about their interior. I mean, I don't know who they're worried about. I don't even know what they're worried about. Is it that they think that Lucas Patrick is underperformed, that maybe he doesn't have it anymore? Is it that they think that neither of their centers are going to be ready to snap the football going into week one? Is it like, I don't know what they're worried about, but they do grab a guy in Feeney that fits their athletic offensive lineman mold. He's fine overall. Good feet, Week upper half based on what I saw. But most importantly, mm-hmm. he's taken legit snaps in NFL games at center, right, and left
1: guard within the last two years. And it
0: feels like it's that versatility that the Bears thought was worth a sixth-round pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, and also for today, for news, Nate uh, Davis was back practicing. Yes. Um, Lucas Patrick was back practicing. Cody Whitehair was back practicing. Um, Kramer was not. So, and you look at, you know, there, there's – six guys left on the interior there, and we have a lot of center experience. It doesn't make sense. What Dan Feeney looks like to me, experience is like to me, he's Lucas Patrick. And I almost wonder if they're just seeing how Feeney can get used to this offense. If Lucas Patrick is the next guy to potentially go, he has 3.9 million if they keep him. And I believe that hits once game First game starts, I think. I don't know if it gets guaranteed or not, but they can save $3.9 million if they cut him. And quietly, I know he was injured last year a little bit, but I looked at his PFF grade, which we've mentioned. That's a good second set of eyes. If Lucas Patrick didn't have enough minimum snaps to get the threshold of the grade or, or, or the ranking, but if he did, he would have the third lowest pass protection grade among every guard in the NFL that hit the minimum threshold last year. That's historically bad. If you look at his career, he's had one maybe average season in 2020. But other than that, I know he has this leadership quality they keep talking about. How much is that really going to matter when you're allowing pressures? You we have to trade a sixth round pick for a guy that's basically you. To me, he's the one that doesn't make sense right now. It's I
0: look at it and I think that it's all it's all a mess the bears went from hey we've got an offensive line that if they start week 1 they may actually push for average who knows maybe they shock us and they're above average to, wow we had to field a third string uh, we had to think field a third string center and th- two three other second stringers not two three other second stringers as our quote unquote starters in preseason game 3 a lot of these were put a band-aid on it injuries i'm well aware of that but Trading for Dan Feeney seems to signal the same sense inside of Hallis Hall as us fans feel outside of Hallis Hall, which was, mm-hmm. oh my gosh what on earth is happening in the offensive line room are we going to be okay and Mm -hmm. an acquisition like Feeney I don't know if they're gonna rush to cut Patrick if only because Patrick is an extra body in the room but if they if they did cut him I would imagine it's gonna be for health reasons that they feel like he's 30 it's not trending well and money aside that they just can't count on him to stick around it is awfully weird though seeing what is it Five, six in the interior, and th- oh, the standard three at tackle. Like there are a ton of interior offensive linemen on this team right now.
1: Well, well, let's let's say there are two injuries right in a game to tackle. Is Cody Whitehair the only guy that has any tackle experience or could go out there? I think he did a little bit of that in Cadden State in college, but I don't see anyone that's like previously. You know, it was like okay, maybe Ox Leatherwood. He has some experience. He's right. gone. Um, I guess when he's back healthy, Tevin Jenkins has some experience. He could kick out there in a desperate thing, but I don't, and, and I mean, we'll talk about the practice squad here in a bit, but you know, they, they put Collins on the practice squad and man, that guy scared me in preseason games, watching him trying to pass that. So I, I wanted them to pick up like a Dennis Kelly or like some veteran that they could have as their fourth tackle, or at least put him on the practice squad. It's. It's a weird
0: situation, I think, going on in the offensive line room. I mean, they didn't have a bunch of tackle injuries last year, if memory. Oh, they had one. No, they didn't. They just benched Borum. And so maybe, just maybe, they're sitting here and they're focusing so much on the interior's inability to stay healthy that they overset for it and have said to themselves, ah, when's the last time Borum got hurt? And are just assuming that things will play out the same way. But I mean, if you end up with two tackle injuries in the same game, that is a this is a really rough game, and so okay. I have no idea who would play at that spot, but you'd have broken you'd have broken the safe and grabbed the whatever fire extinguisher you have. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I can't help but think that the Bears are going to be running a very similar offense to what we saw in preseason week one, but the NFL version of it, not the preseason version, where they're basically going to run as much play action, as much wide, wide-hitting runs, as many as many runs as possible that vary blocking assignments. So imagine trap, imagine crack toss, imagine anything where you're not just blocking the guy in front of you because the guy in front of you won't be expecting to get hit from a wide receiver well out in front of him, which helps make the block easier, right? And so the hope would be that this offensive line doesn't have to true pass set often, but... That that hope really only works when you're winning (laughs) and it only works when you're ahead of the chains. So I can't help but think that a lot of this comes down to how well the bears running game is going to come out early in week one, because if not, the bears will hit a pair of second and tens pretty early and we'll just, I don't know how this offensive line is going to be able to support uh, Justin Fields against Kenny Clark and what sure looks like it's about to be Rashad Gary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, one uh, one interesting bit of news in the line in the press conference was Nate Davis. So he's, he's back practicing, which is good news. That makes me feel a lot better that he practiced because I'm like, I need this guy that's supposed to be the best guard now. Now that Jenkins is out to, to play. Um, Polls was asked, OK, what's going on with Nate Davis? And he doesn't get into a lot of details as a smart GM would. But he did say it was a it was a multiple factors that was going on. Which tells me like maybe there was an injury, but maybe it was there's a personal thing going on. You know, hopefully things are okay there in his world. I don't know if he I mean, some people had rumors he doesn't like to practice. I don't know if he's not a hits philosophy guy. I don't know, but it seems like it was they tried to make it as positive as possible. But there's multiple things going on, which isn't good either. Yeah, what gets weird about Nate
0: Davis is that from what I understand, he doesn't really like to practice and didn't in Tennessee. You mentioned him not liking to practice potentially in Chicago, but it seems like he's a kind of guy that does his own thing. And you say that out loud and you think, well, now he's got a three-year, $30 million contract to wave at the GM and say, you paid me $30 billion. I'm going to do whatever I want to. And it does sort of seem like it may not be the greatest of combinations, right? But at the end of the day, Nick, I always try to remind myself that if you told me that somebody had this amazing camp, like when Cole Met and Jimmy Graham supposedly looked like absolute rock stars in 2021, and then they come out and the passing game and their contribution in it is surprise is very, very normal and standard pedestrian, I'm gonna get upset. In this case, if Nate Davis rolls out of bed on September 10th and plays like exactly the guard we signed him to be, I simply will not care what his antics were in the preseason. But this does put a little bit of a magnifying glass on his 20 on that week one, week two and week three game, because if he doesn't step up as that leader of the offensive line, everybody's going to point to this as a terrible Mm -hmm. free agent signing. Right
1: yeah and and so tevin jenkins is going in short-term ir i think that's good for tevin jenkins Probably. because then he doesn't have to rush back that could be part of this feeney thing too here's the other thing that doesn't necessarily add up for me maybe it does for you they bring in feeney they have all these interior linemen and jatire carter looked good in preseason and if you believed in him i know he's a young player if you believed in him I don't know why you spent a six to add another guy in. You would just be like, yep, he'll be our swing backup guard. And Kramers are backup center, you know, or if none of them can snap the ball, I guess that might be part of it. But to me, this doesn't give a lot of support to believing in Carter's preseason because they spent another draft pick on another interior alignment. So I interpreted Feeney
0: as a center first, and it sounded like from today's practice report, what a little I heard of it, that Feeney was snapping the football. And so he's already getting work at center. It's not that I I open. I not like I disagree with you. It's more that I think that they have Carter pegged as a guard and that they needed an extra center in the building and that they've already mentally consigned Whitehair as once again, moved back to left guard. Cody Whitehair can't get a position to stick at. I I feel bad for the guy. Like, I don't know. What does that
1: mean? Sorry. Does that mean? So if he's only center, Patrick can snap. White hair, maybe he can't snap right now. What's Is Doug Kramer short-term IR? like? He's not there yet, but then why is he on the active roster?
0: I have no idea. I thought he was going to go to IR, as a matter of fact. And so yeah. maybe he will. I don't know what the IR rules are on when you can declare that kind of thing because my understanding is that they've already put Tevin Jenkins on IR, so I don't yeah. know what they'd be waiting for. But I guess we'll find out soon enough. Maybe, hmm. maybe they do think that they need at Feeney simultaneously to be, yes, a center, but also a backup at left guard because they seemed pretty pretty adamant about Carter being the right guard. But I I don't know
1: <laughs>
0: when it comes it's, to... It's it comes...
1: the biggest mystery to me. And, and before Jenkins went on IR, I'm like, they have seven interior alignment for three spots. I was, I was losing my mind because I'm seeing other teams, for example, like Green Bay, they have five tackles. And I'm like, right. makes sense. We have three. I was just losing my mind. Oh, it's weird.
0: To me, it tells us, I, I, I think it tells us without telling us that there's some stuff that the Bears think have has gone wrong, that they are already getting to a part of the plan that they didn't want to be at. So I hope that Feeney lives up to that sixth round pick. I mean, you got to remember, a, a lot of these sixth round picks, they're not anything particular, but I think... Uh, was it Zach Martin? Was a sixth round pick. I I get twisted Zach, up. Zach Thomas. Zachary Zach Thomas. Thomas. Zach Martin's the the all pro break guard for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I I twist them up all the time. But so Zach Thomas was a sixth round pick. that got picked up and is starting for whichever team. Not starting, but he's on the fifty three for whichever team he's on. Khalil Herbert was a sixth round pick. A lot of sixth round picks have done nothing. But it's more to say that that's not a seventh round pick. Like, that's not the cheapest thing you could have offered. So the mm-hmm. Bears obviously felt like there was some reason to do this. And moving on now to the defensive side of the football, were you shocked? Were you stunned? Were you blown away that the Bears not only cut Tevin, uh, cut Travis Gibson, but also cut Terrell
1: Lewis? Well, well hold it Can I back up quick? Yeah. I'm still surprised to cut Alex Leatherwood and all that money. He was guaranteed. Were you? I, so
0: I was like super 50-50 on Leatherwood because he doesn't fit their style. They want quick-footed offensive linemen. They want guys that can move with a capital M. Part of me thinks that they can barely care less whether you can displace and whether you're powerful. And frankly, I don't even know how much they care about what you can do as a pass setter just because – the offensive linemen that they're picking up, they all share the trait of being able to move like a maniac, right? Yeah. That's that's Feeney's whole reason he's still in the NFL is that he can move really really well. And Leatherwood could move at the baseline of what you would expect of an NFL offensive lineman, but his feet were bad enough that when they cut him, I went I know why they did that. I didn't yeah. think they would, but I'm not blown away.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I'm well, yeah. I mean, we I compared him a little bit to like uh, Jerron Dexter, because he's just like this big guy, he's got some athletic traits, he's just not figuring it out and at some point, you have to be like if you haven't figured it out, through all these years at Bama, and now multiple teams in the NFL, like, it is what it is, and even if talked about that in the press conference, he's like listen, you try, you hope the best for players, and sometimes it just doesn't work out I, them them cutting him, got me a little excited, not because I'm about Alex Oliver. Like I hope every player works out it got me excited that Pulse will cut his losses, yeah. His team will, and they want the best players moving forward. And but I thought it was sue, I thought he was almost guaranteed a spot because it's almost five million, you know, in salary. They got rid of.
0: I do think it was a little hilarious, just calling out the way that things worked out. That General Bears Media, myself included, saw it as awesome that Alex Leatherwood got added in the first place. The Bears took on a relatively cheap contract, former first-round pick, in a year we knew it was going south. And if it worked out, we basically stole a good starter. And if it didn't work out, whatever. It didn't work out. They cut him. And then media people like me and you also got excited again. So for people that are not prisoners of the moment like the rest of us it looked like we were excited we added him and then we were excited we cut at him and we gave polls credit for both despite yeah technically yeah. It being a poor move you know what i'm saying
1: yeah no i get and and i think the the risk was money-based and we had money both both we have money now we got money next year My mm-hmm. money like that, that that part you know is fine for me so um yeah so i'm with you if you want to move to defense um the you know the Travis Gibson thing, it came out, he did not request a trade. They talked about that today in the press conference. Um, here he's already been picked up. Yeah, I'm happy for him. I and you are likely both shocked that Rashim Green is still on the roster. They got rid of Terrell Lewis, who looked good. Um This is the most that I can make of. And then they picked up Khalid Kareem um, from the Colts. Here's what I gather from the press conference. And then you can probably, I haven't watched a ton of tape on on Kareem. But from what I gather is they place a lot of value in this scheme in defensive ends stopping the run, which is not what the entire NFL looks for. But but you look at Walker, that's what he does. Yannick Nagakwe, not really, but he's the outlier. But Green, Robinson has really stepped up his run defense this year. Kareem does that. And we're worried, we've talked about this almost every episode, about the defensive tackle stopping the run. But if our defensive ends are better than averages stopping the run, that's going to help balance things out more. When you think of outside run, if if they're not getting moved, that's going to help the D tackle and close the gaps more. So from that part, I get it. Pass rush-wise, I'm worried, but... Eh. Can't have everything.
0: I'm going to sound like a huge football nerd, Nick, but there's a bunch of times where I feel like I have to speak for the Matt Eberflus defensive philosophy and it's mm-hmm. not my philosophy i really like a lot of the too high stuff that tons of other teams are doing i'm souring a little this could be a whole separate conversation so do not let us tangent to it uh, i'm souring a little bit on what people are calling fangio style right now i'm much i'm a little bit more match quarters heavy whereas fangio seems like it's a smidgen more design rotation blah 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 scheme talk but the bears are would look you dead in the eyes if you were at dinner with them. And they would say, well, third down pass rush doesn't matter if you get gashed on first, second down and never get to third down. And... That seems like it's what they're prioritizing in these defensive ends, right? They're saying, we got to funnel you up the middle because everybody wants to run wide on us. And so if we could stop you from running wide on us, turn the run back up field, we're going to generate enough of these run stops to put you in passing downs. We're not really ready for passing downs yet, but at least in those passing downs, you've only got a 60 to 70% completion percentage. You got to fail eventually. It's almost the philosophy that they're taking right now. Whereas a guy like Terrell Lewis, I mean, I like him. But we've all got to remember that as toolsy as he looks, as crazy bendy as he looks, he's flashing in the late second quarter and third quarter of these preseason games. It's the same thing as Travis Gibson, where you don't know what he's going to look like against a starter and the reps he's gotten against a starter. He's gotten washed down the edge. And I mean, I'm sure you've seen this throughout your coaching career, Nick. A speed runner that gets washed down the edge is way less effective than even a meta bad bull rush because you blow contain in the process of attempting the move at all and then you create no
1: pressure either Mm -hmm. oh 100 and and earlier your your nerdiness talking about football gets me excited because i'm right there with you you know talking about your your dns or defensive philosophy of contain versus spill you know there's Mm -hmm. all these different things but i and, and that is a part of pass rush too if you can bull rush and you can you know again Part of this is with all these scrambling quarterbacks, you want to keep guys in the pocket, you know? And maybe that's you want your your pressure to be generated from maybe your D tackles and Dexter and Pickens. And you know, maybe that's what he's envisioning for this defense, at least for now. Two first round picks next year. I have some different philosophies on that. But, anyways, we'll see what happens. But it that is hundred percent the philosophy right now. Yannick Nagakwe, outside of this, all of the other DNs are good against stopping the run. And they're, they're powerful and they're long. And that's one thing. I mean, you want to talk about karini has got these crazy long arms. You want to talk about our Quindell Johnson, 33-inch long arms. He prioritizes size and arm length and, I believe, tackling, which Johnson's good at as well, over, I think, maybe, like, just pure athletic ability.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, when it comes to pass rush, especially for speed rushers, I feel like there's a little bit of what's in the box. Right, like the mystery box. You need results. We haven't seen the results because we're waiting for week one. But if you roster a guy like Terrell Lewis, first of all, he'd be your fifth defensive end. He's not going to get in the game all that often, realistically Mm -hmm. speaking. So you get a guy like Khalid Kareem. And there's a lot of people, I can already see him, that are like, I cannot believe we cut Terrell Lewis. And I'm like, Terrell Lewis got cut by another team. I mean, I said this at the time. Like, I'm going to sound so heartless and pragmatic, but... Teams don't cut go to edge rushers. Like the Shaq Barrett situation happens next to never. It's why Shaq Barrett's situation is such a wild story. And if memory serves, he was a former first round pick. He wasn't a former third round pick, but you can fact check me on that later. But I think yeah. he had decent draft pedigree. Point. Getting back to the point, you look at somebody like Kareem, he's really strong off initial contact, extremely long arms, super duper slow. And so if the play doesn't come to him, he's not getting back to the play. And Terrell Lewis did a better job about that. But I don't think that Bears want pursuing defensive ends. I think they want, like you're saying, these long pinning defensive ends that are going to fence you up the middle of the field where their linebackers and defensive tackles are. And I mean, if you want to, we could segue to talking about defensive tackle because sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. if there's one thing I'm worried about, So, I'll paint the picture. Talked about this a little on Twitter just now. But Andrew Billings and Justin Jones have really pleasantly surprised me in the preseason. I know, it's the preseason. Don't put too much stock into it. But when they get one-on-ones, they trade punches. Like, I don't want to pretend to you that they win all of their reps. But they don't lose them all either, Nick. And just getting some can stymie an offense. You trip an offense on one down... They make a mistake on the other, and suddenly it's third and 12, and you've got a pretty easy conversion on your hands. You never know, especially in a bend-don't-break defense. The problem is the coaches clearly wanted to see Zach Pickens and Gravon Dexter get some work against the Bills' starting offensive line. They didn't know how long they were going to be there. So after six plays where the Bears forced two third downs, the Bills picked them both up, the Bears put in their rookies who got blasted up the middle. I mean, the Bills immediately handed off the middle – three times in a row and in three separate downs in one-on-one situations, in double-team situations, Dexter and Pickens got thrown out of the run or pushed three and a half yards off the line of scrimmage. And you could tell the Bears noticed this because they hot-subbed both of them out of the game immediately and put Mm -hmm. uh, put Jones and Billings back in, who pushed it to another third down, failed, and the Bills ended up scoring. Mm -hmm. This feels like it's going to be a lot of load on those bears starting defensive tackles. Cause I don't know after that, how comfortable the bears are going to be playing the rookies and under what scenarios they're going to be comfortable putting them in the game.
1: Yeah. I mean, and we've talked about this as well. There's no game planning going on right no. now. We don't know what situation of football, what subs and things are going to go on, but I'll tell you right now, Andrew Billings, he's not going to be in the game on pass rush downs. No, he's just not. And so He'll be more fresh. He'll be in there for most of or all run-based downs. Unless the offense
0: tempos, to be totally fair, and and keeps him on the field, which may happen from time to time.
1: Right. that's Then you fake an injury and go to the ground, right? And then you get people in and then, oh, the hamstring healed up quickly. (laughs) Um, I just remember a long time ago, anyone that would resonate with this one is – you know, Jim Kelly and the K gun offense and boomer size. And they had a high temple offenses late eighties, early nineties. And people would do that and they would be so mad at them. But anyway, um, and Justin Jones, good pass rusher. You can do a little bit of both and you just want these kids to sub in a few downs because again, Walker and they showed actually green kick inside potentially as three techs for some pass rushing stuff. So you only need the kids to be in there. As we talked about before, 15, 20 snaps. There's gonna be a lot of rotation when you're in there. You give it everything that you have and just keep offensive linemen off of Edmonds and Edwards. That's all you're hoping for. So I, I I'm I'm hoping again we talked about this too. The first few weeks, they're gonna be bad. You're hoping by mid season to late season that they're just okay. Better. And, and they'll maybe they'll play more. But they're backups for a reason right now. And we've talked about this.
0: Part of the reason that I, and I really do try to be moderate, Nick, sound so hyperbolic about this, is because I really want to beat this Green Bay team. I mean, this feels like it could be a changing of the guard moment. I don't want to oversell week one too much. It's just one football game. Tons of playoff teams lose week one. But, man, I'm going to be in my feels If the Bears lose week one, especially because they have to go on the road against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that could easily beat them because they've got such a D-line advantage in the trenches. I mean, the Bears are a tough team. We'll talk about this in just a couple days here. But they're a tough team, Nick, because it is easy to have some serious matchup advantages against them in the trenches. And those can be tough games to win. I like the Bears secondary uh, pretty much across the board. I like the Bears receivers. I love the Bears quarterback. I like a lot of the rooms on this team, right? But you've seen it. I've seen it. All it takes is one huge strip sack to flip a game on its head that should have been one way, and now it's another. And so I want to see the Bears have the best chance possible to beat the Green Bay Packers. Two rookie subs puts a lot on Jones and Billings, and we'll see if they're up to the task. I mean... It's it's a big year for both of them, right? Well, well, but
1: also having Walker and Green be able to kick inside yes, and pass the inside downs help
0: that they can bring is really handy.
1: That saves a little bit of okay. These rundowns, we need you a hundred percent for sure. I know that's not what gets you the money, or is. Sexy, whatever, but this is what we need you guys for for sure because we do have that flexibility. We'll bring in the backup DNs on pass rush now.
0: It's core football, and I mean, on the other pieces of good news is that TJ Edwards looks I thought he looked physical in Philadelphia, he has put a capital P on that physicality so far. It's the preseason again. Who cares? But as far as him getting dirty in the run game, he looks every bit as physical as as expected, and it's going to be a huge boon for the Bears. Now, Jermaine Edmonds, playing the run isn't really his thing, but he wasn't brought in to do it. That's not what we're expecting of him. Did anything shock you in the linebacker group? Because both of us, or at least you convinced me
1: on Dylan Cole making the roster, and he did. Yeah, So, so one thing is, you know, Noah Sewell, right? Didn't get IR'd. He actually practiced today. So that's good news in terms of his injury and how that turned out. But I thought Micah Baskerville was going to make the team. Didn't work out. Made the practice squad. So that gives me a little bit of hope. And I, you know, I, I don't want to celebrate this. But but Michael Walker didn't make the team. A lot of people thought he would. I was telling people because of the salary he wasn't going to make the team. He didn't make the team. So I was right there. Cole I was indifferent on because he hasn't practiced. He didn't practice again today. Which... Is he going to, you know, is he going to go on IR as well? Like that's, again, we need availability. If you're going to be a core special teamer, you got to practice that, man. And yep. So that's one thing that does worry me right now is linebacker.
0: Yeah, linebacker depth definitely worries me, but basketball mm-hmm. getting to the practice squad made my heart warm again because mm-hmm. I thought he's been fun in the preseason, but he's also oh, yeah. UDFA. I mean, somebody pointed it out on Twitter just today, I think it was, but 2% of players actually get claimed. So a UDFA linebacker, you're pretty sure you're going to be able to get him through, let alone the fact that seventh round picks commonly get through like Travis bell did. So Mm -hmm. good decision by them to not Mm -hmm. roster him. If you didn't have to, I mean, that's the other thing we're talking about Terrell Lewis. He's not gone yet because he's still clearing waivers. So as soon as he clears waivers, because I think that's how that works, then he may very well come back to the bears practice squad. And so at that point, the Bears would effectively, because you could promote some guys for the or like right before the game, have six defensive ends that are on the roster because there's no way you're gonna get a guy like Kareem purely because he would probably go back to the Colts without getting him on your roster, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody really poaches a practice squatter. Unless apparently Nathan Peterman gets all kinds of interest from plenty of other teams. But like you don't normally see somebody get waived, let them clear waivers and then get in their ear about, hey, you should come sign with us. Like it seems as if. Yeah.
1: Well, D'Anthony Jones apparently was getting some love from the Vikings and he's not on the practice squad. So he might be one that is there. Another linebacker did make the practice squad. DeMarcus Gates probably just a special teamer. He's there, but no, you're right. And that's the one thing I know we worry a lot about guys getting claimed. Very few guys got claimed. I expected the bears to claim more guys. I did too. they did. I was wrong with that. Um, And yeah, I mean, I hope Charles Lewis does make the practice squad. I think that would, that would calm bears fans down a little bit more. Um, And I mean, sure. Develop your run game, man, you know, and let's see what you can do. And if the
0: Bears do need, like, basically, I feel like the Bears are one loss of an edge rusher away from promoting a guy exactly like Lewis. Let's say Ngaku mm-hmm. goes down. Let God forbid. Let's say uh, Green goes down. Then you're going to promote him and almost immediately play him. Right mm-hmm. now, you don't need him because you see a lot in Dominique Robinson. So you can do this and again i know there are a lot of people that are really worried about losing a guy like this but unfortunately another team already deemed he was worth losing there are holes in his game specifically how he defends the run and they need to be cleaned up because you can't get gashed on first and second down you can't be robert quinn unless you're also robert quinn does that make sense or do i need to go further (laughs) into that
1: no, and, and the other part people need to, to know, too, is that so you have familiarity with the defensive scheme already, the defensive coaches already, and the special teams coordinator already. So if you have already developed those relationships and maybe you were on the second units of some of those teams, you want to go back to that team because if one guy goes down and we need to have you know, a gunner, we need to have a, a personal protector, we need to have a wing on field goal units, and you've gotten a ton of reps at that, you might make the active roster because they trust you. So a lot of guys will end up on the practice squad for those reasons. Exactly. Talking
0: DBs, if you're ready for it, corner worked exactly like we thought it would. I don't want to say we need no discussion at corner, but Kendall Vildor got cut, which I feel like the writing wasn't even on the wall. It was about as bluntly stated as it gets, given that his first reps were in Mm -hmm. the fourth quarter of that first preseason game. Jalen Jones stays on the team exactly like we thought he would. I don't know what's going on with Colts' Darius Rush, but he ends up claimed, and I think he was only submitted for a claim by the Chiefs, who are the reclamation station. So, again, no idea. I really liked him out of South Carolina this last year, but for the Colts to cut him immediately after spending a fifth-round pick on him, yeesh. Um, But so Jones will bring that special team's edge that you talked about, as well as a little bit of systemic scheme, or like systemic... Capability given that he knows how the defense works and played in it, safety. Uh, we talked about how A.J. Thomas brings nothing to the table. And would you believe it? The Bears agreed. And so, yep. <laughs> Quindell Johnson comes in and we'll see what he brings. Like, I haven't watched his tape yet. I don't know if you've watched his tape yet. I saw one rep and he does look like a twitchy safety, which is nice. But mostly plays anticipatorily, which is what I want to see in safeties. But I'm not going to get over my skis until I actually see a couple reps. But it mm-hmm. seems like the DB room went pretty much according to plan.
1: Yeah, so uh, just a couple of notes. So, I, yeah, I liked Darius Rush too, he, but he was a developmental prospect guy, size, speed. Um, if he doesn't play special teams better than Jalen Jones or, or, or Blackwell, he's basically Terrell Smith, who we already have, and he's already developed. And he, he, if you got cut from your last team, you're probably not doing better than Terrell Smith's doing right now. So, um, that makes sense there. The one note on Johnson is Ian Cunningham talked about how they liked how he came downhill a lot. Um, I already talked about how long his arms are, which is obviously a big thing that we like in this defense. And he had 10 career interceptions in, in college, which hits philosophy. We want turnover. So he seems like a good fit. And they did mention that he is a special teamer, too. So that's another bonus for making the team. Across the board, it makes
0: sense. I mean, you got to really like these guys to pick them up off waivers. Like it's a big risk that not only are you cutting somebody else, but you're bringing in somebody that you've only talked to now and again. It's I don't want to say it's exactly the same as a free agent signing, but it's similar. But you get less practice time to bake these guys into the
1: scheme. Well, think about this. So they spent a seventh round pick on Kendall Williamson. a safety. And Wendell Johnson was a UDFA and they talked about, they wanted to sign him and couldn't he signed with, you know, wherever he was at, I think with the Rams. And so could have drafted him chose not to. And he is now on the active roster and Kenneth Williamson's on the practice squad. So, so they're there, they saw enough from Williamson. They're like, "Mm, he's not ready yet to be on this team. and, And they wanted someone else to fill that spot, and A.G. Thomas wasn't it either.
0: And I, for one, am excited that they think that way because they need some safety help, and I didn't see it from yes. Williamson yet. I, you don't see it often from rookie safety, so that's not weird. When it comes mm-hmm. to the practice squad, what sticks out to you that you want to talk about? Because I don't know about you. Okay, I'm going to sound like such a hater, Nick, there are so many amazing evaluators out there uh, that go through their team and they give an evaluation on every single practice squatter. And historically speaking, so few of them come off the practice squad and eventually end up promoted into the active roster and then rise their way to a starter, let alone stick around as a role player.
1: I just don't put a ton of effort into it. <laughs> you no, know what I mean? No, I mean I mean, we talked about I'm I'm glad Travis Bell's there. Yes. I'm glad Baskerville's there. Um, one guy that I'm I like that's there. I'm not sure if you do. I like Steven Carlson made it there as the tight end. I know I know he dropped that pass, Bears fans. That was a tough catch. One play doesn't define you. I thought he was having a good camp. And so having a young guy there, we have old guy Lewis, you know, hopefully makes it through the whole season. He could, at some point, we might want four tight ends. So I'm glad he made it. I'm glad he made it Uh, on a personal
0: story level. I'm really glad that Nasimba Webster stick around just because I've seen Webster on the Bears practice squad for so many years now, and he's constantly taking hits, running scout team, catching punts, working his butt off in the preseason. I mean, we're talking what the... The, uh, the NFL story that never gets told is just the guy making a living playing football and living his dream. And so I definitely tip my hat to Nassimba Webster, who I swear every time I've seen it, Bears receivers will get hurt. Webster will get caught, uh, called up, and then he gets catches in real games because his mm-hmm. assignment sound shows up where he's supposed to. And he gets the ball. And it's I just think it's neat. Uh, getting what? to see him continue to live his dream. You got it at 15 spots in the practice squad.
1: So, yeah, but maybe he's he's still making money playing football, and we're just talking about football. Exactly. So, you know, tip of the cap to him.
0: Massive tip of the cap. And I'm with you. I think Carlson's fun. I don't know if he's going to be. Uh, do you see him as a Y tight end? Because I definitely saw him as more of a handsier U tight end, or I don't know. Yeah. There's not really a U and a Y in the Bears offense explicitly, no. but that he'd more sub for Tanyan. Than he would sub yep. for Lewis.
1: Yeah, that, that's what I saw too. But they, maybe they can develop a little bit. But I think that they're gonna churn that practice squad a little bit more too, yeah. as as it happens here. So I guess we'll see. And plus, I mean, I, I'm I'm hoping that Peterman will get on there because if not, they do need to get some other third quarterback there right. for sure.
0: Now the Bears did neglect to sign uh, Michael Jordan, which could come back to bite them. Uh, obviously one of the best basketball players of all time. I'm kidding. Uh, the name stuff just got kind of funny when they did add Bill Murray, but they passed on adding Michael Jordan. But that's mm-hmm. one of those terminating online moments where it's like, if you know, you know, and if you don't, you didn't miss anything. It's not dissimilar mm-hmm. to how the Bears have had Lamar Jackson on their team. For yeah, quite well, some time yeah. riding the bench.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they cut him and that made some big news in fantasy, you know, cut Lamar right. Jackson
0: well they had Justin Fields so younger <laughs> similar production
1: like you get it no <laughs> oh, i get it i get it for sure yeah no so i mean um i expected more moves one thing to keep in mind the bears are still going to be first in waiver claims through the first 3 weeks of the season so this isn't just like this is the only time things can happen teams are going to keep doing moves and as injuries happen as ir happens trades whatever the bears still have the pick of whatever they want for three weeks and with the dan
0: feeney news as well as a bunch of these kicker trades it is really interesting to see the nfl continue to get closer and closer to a wheel and deal league as a fan that is fun watching all mm-hmm. these teams flipping players for draft picks and uh, like at uh, everything and all things and so many kicker moves so many kicker moves it's a fun league to follow right now and so dan feeney this kind of move would have been considered a very steep overpay not too long ago but right now it does seem maybe i've got my navy and orange glasses on too tight you set me straight nick seems pretty market value for a player that's going to show up and play a bunch of snaps for you but i mean that's the implication right that he's going to play a bunch of snaps for him.
1: Yeah. Well, hundred percent, a couple of small things. One, Mr. Feeney. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen all of those memes going on. Uh, but yeah, I think that market value is fine for, uh, he's, he's just a safety net. That's all he is. Like you're not expecting extraordinary, but for a six arm pick, you're never really expecting that. Um, love the mullet, love the mustache from Feeney. Also a Chicago area native. So they're trying to keep the local guys. There's a lot of things there. And then the other thing is, uh, is Kareem, the DN that they got, another Notre Dame guy. So, you know, they're stacking some Notre Dame guys, keeping all the ties, and and they they all kind of know each other, which I think gives some comfort too.
0: I think it rules. Anything else before we wrap this up? 53 is always funny to me, purely because oh, yeah. we spend so much time talking about the bottom 15 players on the roster, and we are, I again, I say this to be brutally honest, not to be brutal. We are going to not talk about most of these names again for the entire rest of the season. You know what I yep. mean?
1: Yep. No, that
0: the number one
1: thing, Tyson Bajet, baby.
0: Tyson Bajet, baby. Tyson Bajet. He he made the team and it's a double-edged sword. Cause the moment he made the team, you got a bunch of people tweeting about whispering about wanting to start him over fields, <laughs> which <laughs> is what it is no town loves its backup quarterback more than chicago does yeah
1: i mean for for me personally i'm just i'm proud of that kid you know he he had such a hurdle to overcome undrafted they've already guaranteed money to pj walker like that cinderella story is just is still going and it's not like you know, Brock Purdy was a cool story to watch from afar. We're in Chicago, you know, you're watching, you know, the 49ers, and oh, look at this playoff round. Like, cool for him. It's in our city. We're watching this happen and he's on our team. So I'm pumped about Do it. Do not wish a fields injury
0: and I mean a baygent big run to the playoffs would rule objectively. It would be super fun. But don't you dare wish no. the fields injury into place that turns mm-hmm. uh Tyson Bajet into Nick Foles. Now Maybe or Brock Purdy. Right. But uh, well, yeah, we'll we'll see either way. I think I think Bajan also I think he needed that third preseason game. We haven't talked about this explicitly, but after doing as well as he did, he does need, I think, a visceral reminder that NFL defensive coordinators are going to come for him. And oh, that yeah. one didn't help as much because looking back, Fountain really did run a terrible route. People, like, I think it was Jim Miller talked at the time, like, he ran the wrong route. No, he ran a slant. He just ran it straight into the corner. And the corner, yep. because it's an NFL corner, just didn't move and stepped up and picked the ball off. Like, you kind of run yeah. that in front of the guy, man.
1: And, but- <laughs> and Bajent. Didn't expect a receiver just to run into a defender and just be stopped. Of course, course. but
0: that third down pass looked just as bad the second time as it did the first time where he threw into what could have been double coverage but had the ball tipped away. I really like Bajan. I really, really like Tyson Bajan. I really hate rookie quarterbacks near all of them. Nick, like you'll hear this bent from me where I think rookie quarterbacks are fun talents, but that we are constantly putting massive expectations on every rookie quarterback where we go. Bryce Young, Bryce Young looks good. Bryce Young looks good. I think the Panthers could win the division. And I'm like, as a a rookie, like Trevor Lawrence won two games as a rookie. (laughs) Like just love
1: NFL interceptions. Like it's. Oh, my gosh. Better we, have we come. we got to wrap it up, though. What? we got to wrap it up, <laughs> though.
0: Oh, yeah, we do. Better have come and done worse. Bajent would be awesome, really awesome, because he's the kind of cat that will play within his own limits, which I think does help a lot of rookies when they don't try to bite off more than they can chew. But I we hope that we don't have to assess Bajent's play anytime soon. Either oh, no. way, Nick, it has been yet another great episode of Bear With Us. Where can folks find your work online?
1: Yeah, you can find my work at Football Guys. I did a lot of preseason articles over there. I'll be doing a DFS article every Friday. If you guys are into DFS, I'm going to be doing Contrarian. As you can tell here, I like to think outside the box. Um, And then on Twitter, at underscore Nick Whalen. uh, A lot of Bears stuff there because I love the Bears absolutely and then you can find my work over at the blog we're posting nearly every day
0: if not every it should be every day uh but it'll be a great season can't wait for week one do give us a review uh if you got the time on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We are just getting this thing off the ground. And so the more reviews possible, the more that people who type in bear with us don't have to scroll to a second page. So uh, <laughs> do help us out because that would be great for everybody. But until next time, Bears fans, bear down. and Thank you so much for bearing with us.